0: Hi, you're listening to Humans of Law. I'm Louise Anderson, Head of the Northern Hub at Flex Legal. In this episode, I discuss bravery with Holly Moore, the UK's first ever solicitor apprentice and the creator of That Law blog. Myself and Holly talk about bravery in the workplace, how it feels to be a pioneer in the legal industry, and the career importance of taking risks. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode of Humans of Law. Today we are going to be unpicking what it means to be brave, and I am delighted to be joined uh, with Holly. Hi Holly. Hi. Uh, So Holly is the UK's first ever in-house apprentice, Uh, so planning to qualify as a solicitor through the apprentice route. Congratulations. Thank you. Isn't it? An amazing achievement. So but before we get into that and talk all about your kind of journey today, um, I just wanted to kind of start with a bit of a when you close your eyes, what comes up in your mind when you think of the word bravery?
1: I think it's probably somebody who wants to try new things and isn't scared about either being the first to do it or to sort of pave the way for other people. But I think bravery will mean different things to different people. Whereas, so I'm thinking of sort of personality traits, whereas other people might think of like events or acts. Yeah, but for me, being brave is just not being, even when you are sort of scared to do something, doing it anyway and just being brave enough to sort of take that first step towards doing something. I think that's what bravery means to me.
0: Love that love that when um when james and i um my colleague were talking about this before i had images in my head of like a medieval knight yeah armor and shields kind of there was something for me of like this knight going into battle like going in ready you know facing danger or facing uncertainty yeah
1: 100 i think
0: that's when you
1: first said bravery, that is literally what came into my mind. Mm. Like a battle on a, either like a war field or, yeah, someone fighting something. But then when, when I unpicked it a little bit and I just thought a bit deeper about it, I think bravery can just can apply to like anyone doing anything, really.
0: Yeah. You often hear bravery associated um, with kind of war and battle, don't you? <laughs> and I also think of uh, medics, like, yeah nurses and doctors and you know thinking particularly over the last year or so with covid we've always talked about how the you know the key workers and the nhs workers have been so brave because they have gone into those wards knowing there was danger right and not knowing the full detail of covid and what might happen and the impacts and the, the risk associated with it um and they were brave to continue to do their job despite knowing or not knowing what might happen
1: yeah 100 and i think just like their bravery sort of outweighed their fear because i'm sure that everyone would have been scared to go in and it sort of is like a battle with covid like you didn't know what you're up against and you didn't know how to tackle it and things like that but by just like putting that aside and going in and being brave like they they deserve sort of all of the praise and everything that they're getting for doing that and 100 they are
0: really brave people and and bravery for holly um you know let's talk about what you've done because you faced a completely uncertain path um being the first to to make that jump Mm -hmm. um rewind for me you know back when you were at school or even maybe earlier um what sort of led you to that opportunity or what kind of led you to think yeah I'm gonna go for this I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this battle and and go into this unknown scenario how, how did you end up in that place yeah so when I when I was at school I decided that I wanted to be a lawyer
1: and um, and I just sort of decided it but didn't know the particular route that you need to take to become a lawyer or and um, how you sort of went about it so I just picked my a-levels based on I want to do law, these would be really good subjects for me to take, this is what I enjoy. And from then, then I started looking into the avenues and routes to becoming a lawyer. And I'm sure you know, like at college, it's drummed into you that you really should go to full-time university and, you know, Mm -hmm. do your personal statement, do your UCAS application. Um, If you've got good grades, apply to the best universities. And you know, in my opinion, it's mainly to make the schools look good because their their ratings go up. This many percentage of students went to university. This percentage went to Russell Group and and all the rest of it. But when I was at college, the situation for me wasn't as sort of clear cut as, okay, so I'm just going to go to university study law. It was, I come from a background where um, we're not sort of necessarily like privileged or um, I'm very working class and none of my family had been to university. Um, I'm a first generation university student so I had none of that support where I could comfortably say okay I'll go to university this is what I'm gonna do and this is the route I'm gonna take I had no support really to tap into on that um, aside from the fact that my family had said you know we can't afford to send you to full-time university and support you through that yep. which you know that's absolutely fine so then I had to look into these other ways of achieving the same goal Um, So I started looking into other routes and there were all sorts of apprenticeships already out there like uh, legal secretary, paralegal, but they didn't suit me because I wanted to become a solicitor. So that was the end goal. Um, And luckily enough, I think this maybe is fate, and or maybe it's just a really great coincidence that that year, so that was 2016, that was the first year that solicitor apprenticeships were introduced. so that was sort of the first push towards it and there weren't that many around but when i looked into them i thought oh my god this is the perfect perfect route for me because it it basically solves all of my worries i had the grades to go to university but i didn't want to go full-time this would allow me to go to university um as well as working and getting a salary so that was sort of perfect perfect isn't it when you think about it there's like to me there was no downside of that so I think I just made that step and as soon as I saw it and I was like that's perfect for me although there wasn't anyone to talk to about it because it was the first year I was like do you know what this is what I need to do and if I'm going to get to my goal this is the way that I'm going to do it so
0: I just sort of jumped in and went for it well done well done and I'm intrigued because I I was in your position um like lots of many other people when i was at school exactly the same scenario yeah. there wasn't it wasn't mentioned there was no other option um you know it was go to university this is how you write a ucas application they didn't talk about even getting a job um mm-hmm. even kind of taking a year out was slightly frowned upon yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the apprenticeships just was not mentioned um so i'm kind of intrigued because you must have come across a little bit of resistance maybe, I imagine, um, within the school, or it sounds like maybe your parents would have been quite supportive of the uh, apprenticeship route. Did you feel quite brave kind of coming up with this alternative route when you spoke to your, you know, your teachers at school or your friends? So I think
1: it's a difficult one because with apprenticeships, when you say apprentice or apprenticeship, sometimes that comes with negative connotations because people think about it in terms of um, like manual labor tradesmen apprenticeships because that's mainly what they used to be to get into that career path and they sometimes people think oh you're not you're not you're not smart enough to go to university so therefore you need to do an apprenticeship and it's like a backdoor it's an easy route and all of that but when i explain to people this is everything I'm getting. I'm getting the exact same as everybody else that goes the traditional route, but I'm going to have no university debt. I'm going to be earning a salary. I'm going to have six years experience, which no one else is going to have. Then all of a sudden everyone was on board. And I think it just takes that like education and explaining to people actually, no, it's not what you think it is, or it's not those sort of myths surrounding apprenticeships aren't necessarily true, especially for, a a profession such as being a lawyer like that's a huge step and you can't just not just anybody can do it it's so competitive and you know you know from going to university and seeing all these people like it's really competitive so I think after explaining it people were on board and I had an amazing um law teacher at college who when I explained this to her because she said you know you should really go to university and study law and she was sort of pushing me to do that And when i brought this to her she was like that is amazing like 100 go for it and we did mock interviews and all this stuff to push me that way so that was really good but i think it does take someone to step up and educate others about this route otherwise people are just going to carry on doing the same as what
0: they've done for years and it's kind of interesting that the person who is educating you on the apprenticeship route when you were at school was you yeah literally you to tell the teachers um, about this alternative option right yeah 100% I think
1: I'm, I'm I'm just one of those people that sort of if I want something I will just go and get it and mm. um, so I wanted more information on other routes was there another option for me than to go to full-time university or was that it so I started researching
0: and sort of had that proactive mindset um, but yeah. you have been a pioneer. How does it feel? <laughs> you probably will go down in some sort of history book here. It was really crazy. Like I remember when I first did it and I didn't
1: realize how big of a deal people yeah. would find it. And I think I just, I applied and did the whole process and I worked really hard. I really wanted it. And I remember the first, when I got it, the general counsel at the time said to me, he was like, you realize that you are the first in-house Solicitor Apprentice in the UK, like ever, in history, and I was like, oh my God, it just blew my mind. Especially coming from sort of the background that I come from, it's not necessarily, you know, it wouldn't be expected that that would happen. And yeah, it, it really did blow my mind. It still does to sort of say it. And I remember people like, um, I'd, I was interviewed for The Times and things like that. I had like a page spread of The Times, it was just crazy. But I think over the years I've sort of built on that to say, okay, so if I'm the first one, then I should be helping other Mm. people to then take, either take the same route or to just make a good choice about what they want to do and like promoting this route. Mm. I feel like I would be a bad, (laughs) like a bad um, representative. Exactly, I just want to like help other people and make sure that they know all of the information because the amount of people that have said like, you know you're so brave for being the first one like I'm so grateful that someone did it
0: so that other people could do it yeah yeah.
1: so that like feels amazing to be able to do that
0: But I think that's what makes your story you know even more interesting from a kind of bravery point of view is that you not only were the first person to make the jump and say actually I want to become a solicitor and I'm going to do it in this different way Mm -hmm. um but also you've acknowledged the fact that your story is so unique and as you just said you feel a sense of responsibility to share your story with others and you know that that that's very that's very brave to make that decision to say hey I'm gonna I'm gonna be really transparent here and I'm gonna share the highs but also I know that you've also shared you know the the honest raw truth um because yeah particularly in a social media world sometimes we only share the the highlights but you've been really honest and said the apprenticeship route is brilliant but also it's it's hard it's hard work right um to balance yeah. everything and I think that's been really brave to to be so honest about your journey as well thank you yeah I think I just think it's so important as you say
1: so many people portray themselves as either um perfect or only show the good bits Mm. of what they're doing and going into the legal profession whatever route you do it is difficult like it's not it's never easy and no one's ever going to find it easy and I think it's important to make sure that people know that and Mm. that they don't go in thinking oh everyone else is doing this and everyone else finds it easy why am I not finding it easy and it's just it's unrealistic and it's just can have an impact on people's mental health especially in the legal profession where mental health is such a a big thing and especially at the moment with all the sort of stats and things papers and stuff coming out it's important to focus on that and i think as i said apprenticeships aren't for everyone so to know all of the information before you go in can be just so helpful Mm. and you know i don't like it when people sort of say only show the good bits because you know that everyone has the bad times it's just like why are we not showing them but it is scary like of course it's scary to put everything out there especially on social media where you know sometimes reactions aren't always nice i've I've been really lucky and um had like brilliant reactions to my content but it can be a scary subject especially sharing a new route because you don't know what other people's opinions are going to be
0: yeah And another, I guess, another element of being brave is taking risks. Mm. So, you know, you you took a risk. No one had done it before, right? Um, Making that jump to um, the apprenticeship route. And also the thing that's quite interesting with the route that you took is SQE, is new right now but when you had signed up for the apprenticeship that was still a bit of a pipe dream right there's there's still people asking questions about what it is today never mind five years ago right so so there was definitely an element of risk do you find that your risk levels are still where they were or has that changed a bit with confidence and experience I think you're, you're right it was definitely a big risk when I took it because
1: Again, I had no one to ask, I had no one had done it. So I was thinking, what is it going to look like? How is it going to work? Is it is it even going to work? Like this is wow. the first year and what would happen? And I was thinking, you know, what would happen if this happened? And what would happen if I failed my exams? You know, I never planned to do it and I didn't, luckily, but it was always in the back of my mind, what does this look like? Because it was like a learning situation as we went and something mm-hmm. weren't ever answered and were only brought up when one of us had said okay so what about this and how do how do we go about this and it's definitely been a learning curve and I think my risk I'm quite risk averse actually oh really (laughs) yeah I don't really take many risks but I think when something's like meant to be then it's meant to be and this just had everything for me so I was like I'm just going to do it and I'm going to take that Mm. risk
0: Mm-hmm. And it was a know, very calculated risk. It was a calculated exactly. risk. You've done your research, right? You did exactly. research it, you checked it over. Yeah, exactly. But with yeah. used to be like 100%.
1: That was a stress for me throughout my LLB. So that took four years. And I thought, OK, at the end of that four years, surely they will have something in place. They'll know exactly how it's going to look. And we're going to go forward. And the end of the LLB came, they didn't. <laughs> so that was great. Oh So that was a really stressful time, actually. That was difficult from, I got my results, I think August last year or July, August last year. And from then I had asked the question, what's happening with the SQE? Do I start my prep course? When do I take the exams? When are the exams coming out? I don't even know what type they are. And it took a good four or five months to even get that conversation going and say, we need to start this now because I need to like we're the first year we need to do it on time and luckily it came in just in time and I'll be doing the the first set of SQE1 exams this November so I'm halfway through my prep course at the moment so it all worked out fine but I think that's the stress of taking the risk because you get to the point and think oh it still hasn't been sorted now I need to make positive steps to go and Mm -hmm. sort this out for myself because it needs to happen
0: Let's talk a little bit about your experience at ITV and your experience of actually being in the workplace. Does anything come to mind when you think of like bravery at work? So you kind of, you know, like I, I picture this knight in armor, but then when I think of bravery in the office, when I look in my mind's eye, I actually have a very different vision. Um, for me, there's bravery as being that person that challenges In a meeting, Um, bravery is standing up in front of lots of different people and presenting your ideas. Um, You know, it's it's really kind of challenging the status quo and creating change. Um, So it's very different to a medieval knight. Uh, It's like a medieval knight in a suit. But uh, when you think of kind of bravery at work, what what comes up in your your mind or or in your experience? I think.
1: I would say pretty much everything you just said. I think it's it's important to be brave at work because you spend most of your time there. I mean, personally, I would spend more time at work than I do at home. So being able to be brave and challenge not only sort of the way that people work, but actually people in the workplace as well and challenge how they look at things and how they work and also ask asking for criticism. So I would, go out and seek criticism not in a bad way but in order to then use that in my work and make myself better so if i did something i would say i would always always say if there are any changes that need to be made to this or a contract or whatever i have done like please make them but also send it back to me so that i can see and i'll do it better next time Mm. i think that takes quite a lot of bravery because you're inviting sort of negativity into your workspace but you turn it into something positive because next time you do it it's going to come back and it's going to be a lot better
0: Mm. and i
1: think that takes a lot of bravery but as you say like challenging the way that people think and the way that people work and where this has been a huge benefit for me because where i've worked in a lot of different departments i think i've worked in five or six departments now I've taken knowledge from each of those departments and implemented it in others
0: mm-hmm.
1: so for example I might learn a way of drafting or a way of processing something in one team and then they might not do it as well in the next team so I'll sort of sit up and say well actually this team did it this way and I found it really helpful and I think that we could do that in this team and then things get implemented that way and mm-hmm. just being able to say that and having the bravery to sort of sit up as a, a very junior member of the team and say to a more senior a head of department, I think you need to change the way that you work. Is that yeah. kind of brave in itself?
0: Do you know, I'm, as you're talking, I'm kind of thinking, God, you know, we started this conversation with this idea of bravery being like a war hero and a, you know, a nurse in battle and uh, this knight kind of image. And actually, you know, the more we're talking, the more I'm thinking there's, that's actually not healthy (laughs) because everyone can be brave every day um it is not always about being a hero it's it's about being brave in your own personal situation and and you're completely right sometimes being brave is saying no or asking for for criticism as you said you know that Okay, that might not get you a medal from the Queen, but it's brave, you know, it's like everyday bravery. Yeah, 100%. I think what you're saying is
1: as well, bravery doesn't have to be this huge display of bravery. Mm -hmm. It could just be something really small and it might not mean anything to anyone else but you, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you haven't been brave. Mm -hmm. So like you said, saying no, that is such a huge thing and something that I've learned sort of throughout and I still struggle with it now saying no to people and throughout the first two years I just overloaded myself with work because everything anyone asked me to do I would just say yes because I'm a junior member of the team who am I to say no to these more senior people who who want me to do this work and that was the way that I thought until I had a meeting with a mentor and I sort of just blurted all of this out I was like I'm so overwhelmed and she said you need to be brave and say no and since then when I'm overwhelmed I say no not in a rude way but I'm allowing myself to say I can't take this on and I can't do this right now maybe I can do it later and that was a huge huge step for me so I think that was probably one of like my bravest moments even though it doesn't seem like a lot Mm. to me it changed the way that I thought and also like prioritised
0: myself yeah I was just about to say that it's it's self-care isn't it yeah learning when to look after yourself and actually learning to say no can be self-care yeah absolutely yeah
1: yeah because I still know people who are like way into their careers that still don't say no and you can Mm -hmm. see the like negative impact that it has on -hmm. them and their life and it's really sad but I think once you've done it like once you've got over that hurdle of bravery and just bit the bullet and done it it gets a lot better so I Mm -hmm. think that's like if I had any advice to give to anyone it would in terms of like bravery in the workplace it would be set your expectations early and say like but within the team as well like say no I can't do that I'm sorry or you know don't sit in the office till 10pm at night just because you think that you should and I think that's brave just because it's not expected
0: yeah yeah I love that love that and that's such good advice and um I guess a piece of advice for me I I look back at my kind of early 20s and I was definitely more risky mm. I, d- I think it's a youth thing I actually do so I look when I was 18, 19? I can't remember now exactly. I went to South America uh, with, with a friend and we just got like a backpack got on a bus and just went around. And I look back and I'm like, that was madness. That's
1: so brave, though. <laughs> to that was, me, that is bravery. <laughs>
0: it was verging on ridiculous. You know, it was before Wi-Fi and 4G and 3G. Yeah. So there were days where you just go off the grid. My parents know where I was, blah, blah. Um, I took a bus throughout Colombia completely on my own, didn't speak Spanish. Like in hindsight, some of it is verging on stupid, but it was definitely risky. And then I think you get older, and things like you know rent and mortgage and relationships and um you know your career starts to come into play and and you lose an element of the risk-taking factor Mm -hmm. i think and i think it's particularly true for um women in particular Yeah. yeah and that can be a shame because sometimes I think you you learn the most and you grow the most as a human when you are totally out of your comfort zone and you are being super brave. And you know, I still think back to that crazy time in South America where I was just like, yeah, I'll do it, you know. And I'm like, you know, when I'm feeling not so brave, I think back to kind of like what would 19, 18-year-old Louise have done. And and I think my advice for you is like bottle up this holly and that bravery that you've got right now, because it's it's um, it's rocket fuel.
1: I think that's such good advice. And I think you're right that I've never really thought about it like that, but it really does. Your risk does like, the your willingness to take risks definitely diminishes with age, because I've thought the same. And I thought, you know, in a few years, maybe I won't do this because of this. And I think if I'm going to take the risks, why, I might as well just do them now. Because if Mm. I lose that now, then for the rest of my life, I'm just going to be worrying, you know, what if, what if I did this and then think and regret. So I think that is, yeah, that is really, really good advice.
0: Thank you. No, no worries. It's um, things certain in life, tax, death, and change, right? It's going to happen. Change is just inevitable. And the people who can adapt and, Go with the flow are the ones that will um, cope better, um, and I think that's so important, and particularly a sector like law, which is so so old and traditional, and rightly so needs to be, but also also needs to innovate and change and evolve yeah. and get with the times. <laughs> and the job that you're training for today is going to be different in 20 30 years time um so that kind of lifelong learning is just so so key yeah
1: i think Mm -hmm. the whole thing with working from home as well like the whole covid thing has made people and companies and the legal sector adapt because whereas before like i was saying you had to be sat at the office you had to be at your computer otherwise you weren't seen to be working now people are at home and you have to have that trust in your colleagues and your employees to think okay they're going to get their work done but there's that's been a huge shift and i've seen loads of articles recently with people saying firms coming out to say we're going to do 50 50 um Mm. at home and in the office and i think that's amazing so i think that the legal sector is innovating maybe
0: it just needs to go a little bit quicker
1: Yeah, (laughs)
0: but it needs people like you to poke and prod it yeah and pioneer and lead it you know and and be that person that is brave and says yeah i'm gonna be the first ever sqe apprenticeship lawyer and and god knows maybe in like five ten years you'll be like i'm the first ever lawyer to do this or that or this i'd love that yeah yeah you need to keep being that like brave one that that sometimes takes that bravery pill for others and and leads the way and shows that it's it's not so scary yeah (laughs) someone's gotta do it (laughs) Thank you so much, Holly, for joining us today on the podcast. I really, really enjoyed our conversation and I will certainly be taking some more bravery pills in the future.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've really, really enjoyed talking about all things bravery and apprenticeships and um, hopefully we'll get to speak again sometime soon.
0: Humans of Law is a podcast produced by Flex Legal, an award-winning digital platform connecting interim lawyers and paralegals to the teams that need their support. Learn more at flex.legal. Thanks for listening.